What's going on, good people? I am Josh Rogers. And I am Brian Hare. And we are here for another edition, another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. Yes, we are your homeboys, as Kurt Franklin said, your cousins, your nephew, and all, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but no, we're here <laughs> to talk about all the things of navigating mm-hmm. life as two millennial black men. We're going to talk about the perils, the praises, uh-huh. productivity, and the pump circumstance yep. of being black and millennial in America. Brian, how are you? Man, it's a great day to be black. Yeah. Uh, I'm here in the land of the living. Hey, stay the hand skin of is nice and melanated. Ain't it? You got a glow uh, on you. Do, do I? You do. Is the, is like the angel of the Lord? Is it like I've been with the Lord? I, I don't know. It's like when Moses walked down from the mountain and they could look at his face because they, they knew that he had been with Jesus. Or not with Jesus, but you know, with God. You could just be drenched in vaginal juices. <laughs> Well, all right. <laughs> Either way, you're glowing. Let your soul glow. Yeah. <laughs> Just let it shine through you. <laughs> all right. Just let your soul glow. <laughs> Baby, oh, so silky smooth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We, we, we talk about that later. <laughs> we shall. We shall. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm a little tired. It was a marathon mm-hmm. of a day, but I am here. Interesting enough, mm-hmm. I kind of laughed at the intro because some, I was telling somebody about the podcast and okay. they was like, oh, I noticed that you um, you host a podcast. You know, what is your podcast about? And I was like, and it was a white person. I was like, oh. Oh, <laughs> so oh, I was trying asked. to I was trying to figure out like the way to give the elevator speech, but I gave it, and I was like, you know, it is the um, you know, I said it's a it's a really great friend of mine, mm-hmm. and um, I said, and we get on there every week and we talk about how we navigate life as two millennial black men. Mm-hmm. I said, so it's about culture and society and you know all the things, but um, yeah, it was like one of my first time being asked in public. Um, by someone who was familiar with me, um, that I didn't really, really know, and I, I, mm-hmm. I thought that was dope. Right. Not that I feel like a celebrity, but I thought that was dope. <laughs> I thought that was dope. So, bro, you, uh, you sound, you, 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 you sound a little nasally again. You all right, man of God? Um, that, that dang daycare. Okay, you gonna quit blaming my niece for all this stuff. <laughs> Listen, I, I stay in the house. The only person that can, that can bring the, the sickness in here is her. Sure. Okay, well, so. you need to get you some. You need to get you some elderberry. Oh, okay. and some vitamin C, mm-hmm. and some zinc. I keep trying to tell you, Brian, you're an elder statesman. Don't do that. <laughs> you you can't, you can't be out here depending on no twenty year old immune system when yours has aged a little. Man, your immune system is like a, it's like a, you know, it's it's like a, a cured piece of meat. It's, 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 what? It's, <laughs> it's been sitting there. It's been salted, and it's been it's been, been being preserved, right? Okay. So it got to be handled a little bit, you know, a little more delicately. Hmm. So okay. I just want the best for you. Thank you. I, okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> so get you some zinc, mm-hmm. some vitamin C, get you some elderberry. Okay. okay? All right, listen, listen, listen to me. All right, all right, all right. Are you gonna go get the vaccine? Are you are you eligible because you're married to an educator? 
Uh, is that a thing? Like, I can be married to an I educator? don't know. I'm just, I just, I feel like six degrees of separation, they just need to start shooting folk up. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm in the, uh, in the group as of yet. Um, but you are but one of the ones who going, who want to get it. I definitely want to get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I saw a notice today that says like, I just BMI, um, is one of the categories. So based on my height and weight, I'm I'm I got, I got, I'm like a, a pound over or two pounds over. So I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna use that. Listen, pig out this weekend and gain like two more pounds. Listen, <clears throat> I'm I'm trying to do it. See, and then what I can I, do is I can come over to the house. We can go in, and I can mm-hmm. work you out, and we can get them right. two pounds back off. <laughs> right, because okay. at this point, like. We just trying to get this vaccine so we can listen, be all right. Listen, if they gonna say you got to be obese to get a game this week, get, get this shot. Listen, any, any, by any means, by any, by, listen, is, that, was, that's your boy. By any means necessary. By, by any means necessary. <laughs> and the thing is, I was gonna try to go ahead and do it, but then I didn't want to lie on the application. You know, cut the line. I want the Lord to get mad at me, me cutting the line. But so. if you found the technicality and you are over, oh yeah, then I am God, now. I mean. I am not, but I was going to try to go ahead of time without okay. no really. I was going to just make up a, a story about me either, you know, being a caretaker or something. But Listen. the Lord, the Lord allowed me to be, you know, he a allowed, certain weight. He allowed <laughs> you to eat, get that, get that COVID weight. <laughs> that COVID, that COVID weight got me. <laughs> that COVID weight didn't got you. <laughs> hey, Look at mighty God. God. Well, all right. Well, I think I got a. Um, oh. Just as a sidebar, for all of you who order shirts, they are gone. They are shipped. Thank you. Expect them sometime this week. Tell your friend, your mom, and your auntie, your uncle to keep ordering shirts and support um, needy children. Right. <laughs> they, stick, they go to a very worthy cause. They're going to help needy children. Yes. And Brooklyn, and Josh, and Jaden. <laughs> <are laughs> Brooklyn are, is in need. They're in need. You just heard the woman of God is getting sickness from these uh, crazy look, white people look. that they care. Right. We need. We need medicine. We need. Right. These know. nasty white kids is infecting my niece. She she, she needs some medicine. Right. So we buy these shirts. Okay? Right. But Please buy the shirts. I have. Oh, go to the website www.thejigsawpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Click on the shop tab and get your merch. All right. I got a song. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. I am not going to do the song <laughs> like you did, March Madness last week. I, <laughs> I reflected on that again, and I was like, "Cause you know, it's March is one mm-hmm. of my favorite songs. I listen to it periodically throughout the month. I, was, mm-hmm. I, I can't listen to this song anymore without thinking about my brother and Look what he God. did to it. I was like, <laughs> when you think, when you think of March Madness, think of Brian. I think of Brian. I think of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> think of Brian. <laughs> I think of Brian. I don't think of dirty sprites no more. I don't think of any of that. I think of Brian here. <laughs> <Think of me. laughs> I think of Brian. But I got one. I dug in the crates for this one. You ready? Ready. It goes a little select this. Maybe you can tell what it is when I start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna harm a little bit of the diddly. All right. Okay. It goes boom, 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 boom. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I know where you go with this. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh huh. That's a good one. But boom, 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 dum, girl, you knock me out. But boom, 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 excited. But boom, 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 that make me wanna shout. That is outstanding by the Gap Band. Oh, it is. Song. It is. It is a black classic. It's a great song. If you don't great know song. it, if you too, I know we millennials, but we, we, you know, our music taste is really diverse. Oh, it is. 
It is a well, maybe Brian's a little bit more diverse than mine because mine is diverse in terms of age. You know, I don't listen to a lot of white people. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> I don't. You know, the, the whitest my music is is Maroon Five and maybe some old NSYNC or something. But beyond that, you know, does Bruno Mars count? He's not white. He's, okay, okay, um, well, <laughs> he's a POC. <laughs> well, look, and he makes I, black music. I am BIPOC. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> my music. Black and indigenous people of color. That's my, that's my <laughs> music. That is what I go to. But that is the song of the week. Outstanding by the Gap Band. Brian, are you ready to jump head deep into the episode? I am so ready. Let's do this. Let's get to it. Let's talk about some black excellence in the Bless Up Report. Yeah. All right, we are here at the Bless Up Report where we, you know, give shout outs and kudos and credit and all kind of things to black people who do great black things. We do black stuff, you know, make black history, uh, 366, 285. So, uh, 28, 28, wait, 25-8. <laughs> Brother, this night was hidden. Boys, tap dancing on the clouds. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm touching the hem of his garment. Uh, <laughs> so let's give a bless up to Renee Montgomery. For those that do not know, she was a former WMA player mm-hmm. uh, who been named an owner and executive of an NBA team. So she's the first former WMA player. Let me say that again. First former WMA player to be named as owner and an executive of a WMA team. That's super dope. That's, that's dope. Um, just a quick bio of her. She entered the league over 10 years ago. So she's, you know, she's been in the league. She did all these things. But not only did she was in the league, she won two championships with the Minnesota Lynx uh, in 2015 and 17. Opted out in 2020 uh, to focus more on social justice, which is super dope because of the fact of like you had a good career, you're winning championships, and you mm-hmm. decided to sit aside and, and work on things to, to, to push forth the culture. Yeah. So that's dope on that. Um, but she's now the co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, right? Um, and I was excited about this because for a few reasons. One, um, when Raphael Warnock uh, and LeBron James started tweeting about the fact of them needing to find a new owner, yeah. she basically said like, "Hey, like, what's up? Like, I'm 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 here. I got the mm-hmm. money. I'm ready to do it." Um, but on, on top of that, we got rid of Kelly Leffler. For those that do not know, she was the um, I'm trying to think. I said it's nice. She was the just I don't want to call her racist, but racist ish uh, senator from Georgia. Josh is looking to be crazy. The racist senator. I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you do your thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. The racist the racist senator from Georgia who was absolutely terrible. Um, she should have been a senator to begin with. Um, and she was the owner of the Atlanta Dream. And you have to understand that you have this owner who does not care about Black Lives Matter. Owner of a team in Atlanta, which is a, one of the blackest cities on the face of this earth. I'll, there's two places that are blacker than Atlanta. That's Zamunda and Wakanda. <laughs> and, <where's Atlanta? laughs> and and Kelly Leffler was the owner of the Atlanta Dream, a predominantly black team, spoke all kind of foolishness against um, uh, Black Lives Matter. So it was great to see that she's out of the league at the moment, and but also see that somebody stepped in, a black woman, yeah. a former WMA player, former champion, stepped up to the plate and is now the owner and, and an executive of a WMA team. So I'm super excited about that. So bless up to Renee Montgomery uh, for continuing to make black history, uh, making not only black girls proud, but also black boys proud to see that you can do something uh, greater than uh, than just playing in the NBA, WNBA. You can actually own uh, a team in the league. So, shouts out to you. Bless up to you, Renee Montgomery. Bless up, sis. 
Yeah, bless up. So um, that's what the bless up report is. Josh, do you have anything? Are you ready for the uh, billboard? Let's go on over there. We got some things. So um, another STEMI is coming. Congress has and Senate and the Senate Let's have go. been going back and forth and back and forth. And uh, after some changes in the Senate, the Congress has um, the House has voted again to pass the revised version of the one point nine trillion dollar COVID relief bill. Um, so it should be going to President Biden's desk very soon. And this includes mm-hmm. an additional fourteen hundred dollars worth of stimulus payments, um, I believe is. I think they've reduced the number. It's for those earning less than eighty thousand individually and less than I think one fifty or one sixty as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, unemployment, the extra unemployment benefits of three hundred dollars have been extended through September, and then there's another a uh, number of other funding details of things like uh, money that goes to local school districts to help the reopening, money to go toward additional vaccines, and all this other type of stuff. So while it did exclude. The fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage hike, mm-hmm. Biden and the Senate and those uh, four Democratic senators um, who voted Trash. against it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, we did get it passed, so there is some some relief coming, and it's understood that uh, Americans, specifically for the STEMIs, um, should be getting their checks as soon as the end of March. So, um, mm-hmm. on top of y'all. Getting y'all tax refunds, y'all about to get this STEMI. Mm-hmm. And I know Juicy Crab about to be, Brian, can we get stock in Juicy Crab? What is Juicy Crab <laughs> name in Robin Hood? Because I need to get some options because black folks are finna tear up some crab legs. They're finna be seafood balls. <laughs> Bruh. Like they about, ain't gonna be no crab legs left. Listen, and the CDC already said if you got your vaccine, y'all can have maskless gatherings. It's about to be a thing. Black folks about to be partying Ow. and barbecuing and seafood boiling with oh, this. Yeah, it's showing out some. Somebody on social media say hey, we getting uh, the STEMI, we getting our tax refunds, and we get a paycheck. Somebody says a pandemic, so <laughs> <laughs> a pandemic. I said, all right, oh, the blacks. I love us. I, I love, love us. I love, I love us. us. For real. <laughs> I love us. Real. Let's, as Monique say, my sweet babies. <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all so much. Oh, for real. I'm, side note: I was watching Monique's page for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And she said, sweet babies is a term of endearment. She said, I'm not talking to you extra grown as people who don't want to be called sweet baby. <laughs> so I'm talking to the sweet babies who understand that what it feels like to be called a sweet baby. <laughs> I love Monique. Monique is crazy, but she's she hilarious. Is. I do love Monique. She's hilarious. I feel I like unblacklist her and let's get her into some more movies and, and stand up. That was I'm standing on that hill. I'll stand on that hill. I enjoy I, I, Monique. I'm with it. Like I'm, I'm absolutely with it. I'm going to mention her later on in the conversation. I'm sure, um, yeah. but I'm definitely here for Monique. I actually met Monique um, at a restaurant here in oh, Atlanta. Look at you meeting Monique <laughs> <laughs> um, at Papa Do Seafood Restaurant here in Duluth. Um, and she was super nice. She was super gracious. Um, Did she called you love baby. Monique. No, but she definitely. <laughs> she spoke. She saw me look. She saw me see her. And she was going to the restroom, I want to say, because she was sitting in the booth, like right behind, right behind us. Uh-huh. Um, and she saw me, like notice, like, oh snap, it's Monique. Like, I'm a fan. Um, and then she saw me as she was going to the restroom and like spoke, like, hey, how are you doing? But like that, I see you, brother, mm-hmm. sweet baby. She gave me sweet baby eyes. <laughs> she gave you sweet baby eyes. Okay. Right. Um, okay. But she ain't say it to me. She ain't say it to you. Gotcha. Yeah, but I, I like Monique. I, I like Monique. I think she's a gr- great black queen, uh, and she definitely needs to, like you said, get off the blacklist and uh. Being some things. 
Yep. So that was a quick sidebar. Quick sidebar. Back yep. to the billboard. Winston Duke. If you do not know who he is, he is a part. <laughs> he was part of what was that other tribe in, in Black Panther? I don't know. He, he was Umbaku. He was Umbaku. The, mm-hmm. Them people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. Was, yeah, they was them. He was them. Um, but he is scheduled or set to play rather Marcus Garvey. If you're unfamiliar who uh, Mr. Garvey oh, yeah. is. He was a major and staunch advocate um, for the Back to Africa movement and leader of the Pan-African movement and founder Mm. of the Negro World newspaper. Uh, Marcus Garvey was like, "We about to get all the blacks, put them, put them on, a, them. put them on another ship, and we going back to Africa. We, we going back. We going back. <laughs> I'm going, going back, 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 back. to Africa. If that <laughs> okay, <makes sense>. okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Shout out to Christopher Wallace's birthday, who was yesterday. Um, yeah. you know, rest up, you know, rest up, to, rest up. you know, to a king, <laughs> rest up to a king. But no, um." Um, Winston Duke is scheduled to play this. I think it's a great role. Um, Marcus Harvey was also Jamaican American, so it's going to be absolutely amazing to see. I I have heard criticisms of people saying that you know a lot of our black films recently have been about history and slavery, and they just want some of our actors to be able to play you know characters like you know just right. movies and fictional characters things like that. And, I, and and a part of me agrees, but there's another part of me that was like. We need to tell these stories. We need we to do. have this history because as progressive as we are, I think we talk a little bit about this in Black History Month. A lot of school systems still are not teaching black history in a way that's mm-hmm. benefiting our children and the next generation. Right. And it's really incumbent upon us as parents and adults and um, to, to really give that information. So while these movies are not the end all be all of history lessons, it does mm. help us tell our stories and keep them alive um so oh, yeah, definitely yeah so i'm super excited to see that whenever that drops yeah, um definitely we'll be celebrating um something amazing did happen to us since the last podcast what and happened? that is silk sonic leaving the door Ooh. open it is <laughs> listen they left the door open and it was the combination of bruno mars and anderson pock and My bro God. that song bro. i've been playing it so much bro I, I'm sure it's going to be, at, you know, when Apple tell you at the end of the year, your top song. It's going to be one of my top play songs. <laughs> Brother, give, give me the vaccine so, when they go, so they can go on tour. Listen, if I got to put myself in a bubble, I'm rolling to the tour. Bro, like, that was the combination of artists that I, didn't, I don't think we knew we needed. And they <sighs> straight murdered, you know, that, both of their creativity. It's bro. It was just. It was just masterfully done. I oh. was expecting something great, but that thing was masterfully done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then even the music video. Like I don't even care for music videos these days. But the even the music video was just like it was solid. It was just like, vibes. Like it come was on. Vibes. Like, like what? Are you, like Lord, what are you doing in this Listen, season? Whatever you're doing is don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Don't, do, Silky Sonic. don't Silk Sonic. do it without me and Silk Sonic. <laughs> Oh, and then they got Boosie Collins gonna be on there. That thing gonna be good, brother. Like I'm, I'm excited. I am I'm super. I've been excited about an album. Like I was excited about Jasmine um, Sullivan's album to come out. Like because she hadn't came out with something in a long time. So yeah. I was excited about that. Um, and and that did not disappoint me at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like extremely excited about uh, Silk Sonic. I'm yeah. excited. If that if that was the opening or the leading single, then this album is going to be it's going to be phenomenal. Oh yeah, It'll be phenomenal. But it's like the the level of phenomenalness, which is not a word, uh, has already um, 
permeated into like the, the whole music industry because they're already set to perform at the 2021 Grammys. And um, the Grammys is usually like February-ish, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's later this year because of mm-hmm. the pandemic. Right. Maybe they're trying not to do a virtual Grammys like they did last year. Maybe they want to do something in person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But to hear them brothers performing live is going to be an experience on a show. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even, like, usually I'm mad at award shows when these artists try to do new music. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to even be mad at Silk Sonic if they give us new music. Silk Sonic can do anything. Just prepare us. Just give us all the things that we need. And you Everything. know what? You know what's other? You know the other thing that I'm interested about with this album, Brian? What? I wonder, is there going to be any other features that's going to, like, blow our mind? Like, and that's the thing. Like, this album can be, like, no features, just them two. And it might be the greatest album of all time. But imagine them like pulling Because Bruno in. really don't do features. Mm-mm. Like his his three last two albums, I don't, I don't know that he's had many features at all. Only Especially 24 Karat Magic. Like he oh, had yeah. a feature on the remix of one yeah. of his songs. But like the album itself, it was just him. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any features. Maybe his first album, he had like a feature with like B.O.B. Yeah. But that was a song that they shared, I want to say, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of any Bruno being like feature heavy. But yeah, Anderson I, but, has a few. He's brought like Chance on. And yeah, he's stuff feature like heavy. That, but, he's feature heavy. But yeah, so maybe. But that's my thing. I'm excited because if you have like I'm, if you have a chance to rapper feature on there, I'm gonna lose it. You know how I feel about uh, Lachano from. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's the thing. Like I know, like Anderson comes from like the Dr. Dre tree. So they do like the features and stuff like that. But Anderson on his like last few albums, he had Jasmine Sullivan, he had um, Smokey Robinson, he had Andre yeah. 3000. Um, he had some great features, like some amazing features. Imagine so, that, bro. Imagine like a, a or BJ like BJ the Chicago Kid on top of um, Silk Sonic, or imagine or our boy Sam Henshaw. Uh, bro, <laughs> that like, would be nuts. And and I don't see them just bringing in somebody trash for a, for a feature. Oh no, you know what? You know what? I low key since they got Boosie Kai, I could see them bringing like the Gap Band or like Cameo oh, or like Charlie, Charlie Wilson. Wilson. Yo. <laughs> okay, we had Mighty Chainsaw because yeah, they, they bring like, they bring the Gap Band or Charlie or, Wilson or, or bring like Aunt Patty or Gladys. You know what I'm saying? Like so just some some legends. Because I mean, because the song is definitely on those kind of vibes. Yeah, it's and definitely if they like a and if they like recreate like that funk and bring those mm-hmm. people, or even I like think, a Stevie Wonder feature, bro. It would, be like, <laughs> bro. Okay, it would so be nuts. this is what I would love to see though. <laughs> okay, if a D'Angelo feature. Oh, bring Lauren Hill out to out of hiding, nigga. <laughs> I mean, because like they brought an Alpha um, um, Queen and Slim, Bruh. So I mean, it's possible. Like if they, and that's the thing. I think, and the thing I think, I think Bruno and Anderson Pack are so musically talented Mm -hmm. and respected musically that they can probably get a lot of these folks who, you know, like that that are musical, like D'Angelo's, and Mm -hmm. you know, like you can get those because you they they love music and they respect your your art. And on top of that, like Bruno Mars, he wins. Grammys, like yes. So people are going to want to be involved in that stuff. So when Bruno Mars puts something out, it's always quality. I don't think I've ever heard anything that was like, yeah. His second album was a little. What the uh, unorthodox jukebox uh-huh. thing? Yeah, he had a couple songs. I like Treasure. Uh, and... It wasn't bad, but it was yeah. like you know what I'm saying. But like to your point, it was good. You know who I would low key love? 
Who? to hear on there. What? And it's going to be a little cliche, but I think they will work so well together. It's PJ Who? Morton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just Without imagine the infusion of that. Oh, yeah. Because that, that man's ear is ridiculous, too. Yeah. PJ Morton. When he's giving us new music, PJ is good. <laughs> Look, look at God. Um, he's not recycling hits. He's, he's but, great. But think about this though. Like Bruno and and Anderson are live musician type folks, and PJ is a PJ live, is the live show type killer. Person. He called himself the live show killer. So it's it's perfect. Like that would be a perfect like matchup. Um, oh, so yeah. I, I'm excited about this album now. Oh I'm yeah, excited. I'm excited. And give us a few rap features. I wouldn't mind. You know, I wouldn't mind Meg flowing on the beat. Um. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind some Andre. I wouldn't mind like an Outcast reunion on this. Like both, not just Andre, uh, both of them. Yes. You know, I, you know who? I'm not a big fan of Snoop Dogg, but I feel like his vibe though on a yeah, Silk Sonic. Definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I was gonna say that, but I was because he because him and like Bootsy are like real cool, so I can see that. Bruh, that yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yes. Oh, okay. We gotta stop because. Okay. <laughs> The possibilities are endless here. Look, and we could do a whole episode about. We could do a whole Silk episode Sonic. on the predictions of Silk Sonic. Um, <laughs> but you, you heard yeah, it here first. You heard it here first. So if any of those people are on there, give us the credit. Send them our way. Give us the check, <laughs> please. please. And thank you. Um, all right. So lastly, on the Billboard, brother, did you mm-hmm. watch the Meghan Markle interview with with Oprah? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. So I'm sure you didn't have to watch it to hear all the things that was happening. Oh, no. Social media was was live. Racism. (laughs) Racism. (laughs) Racism. White people, white people in and doing their things. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. The queen out here, you know, doing a paper bag test to baby Archie Mm, and all kind of stuff. So Megan pretty much said that uh, she did not feel protected by the royals um that they faced a lot of racism they faced a lot of criticism for who they were and, and, and just and, and think about this brian mm-hmm. Meghan markle is legit one of the most passing black women that harry could have married without a shadow of a doubt she legit on any given day does not you gotta almost wink and stare hard to tell that she's black on some days. oh yeah mm-hmm. and even that wasn't enough for them right to just fully accept this woman for who she was right and like the family that they were building and producing and so much so that you know they moved they gave up all their title bro they said that the baby archie wasn't gonna even be a prince mm. like you didn't that's, change the that's rules. something that's something you didn't change the rules. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I saw a meme that said it was a it was a meme of a little white boy shimmying. It said, "This is a uh, baby Archer once he go to Howard and shimmy." <laughs> <laughs> then there was another meme that had like the uh, Michael B. Jordan Wakanda thing mm-hmm. walking up hey, to auntie. walking for hey auntie, we're coming back and taking over the throne. <laughs> but no, seriously though, I could just only imagine like when those kids do get of age. Mm-hmm. And they want to learn about the rest of their their family, and they have to tell these stories. And if you look at it, baby Archie is as white <laughs> as white, white blonde hair. Boy, blue eyes I mean, almost. listen, yeah, I mean, I think in their mind they thought he was gonna come out looking like Doctor Umar, but this <laughs> his baby is like this baby is. Re- I mean, of course he is a baby of color because his mm-hmm. his mom is a person of color, but like mm-hmm. this baby is legit. Would never have to. I mean, I hope that he doesn't grow up like this, but like. The way he looks, he is he looks very white. 
Yeah, he could like, pass. He could definitely pass without like Meghan Markle. If you look at her, you'd be like, mm, she mixed with something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, but Archie. Archie, you can't tell. Archie, right. And I understand sometimes genes do skip a generation. Mm-hmm. So this second baby could very well come out, you know, the same complexion as Megan's mom, you know, and be a browner skinned child. But oh, yeah. at the same time, like, what's so wrong with that? But it just brings out, like, the like racism is not an American thing, mm-hmm. right? It's a global thing. And I think the, the, the UK has so long kind of prided themselves on not being, you know, this kind of racist um, example like the United States has been, but mm-hmm. I think they also forget that they have colonized <laughs> most of the, most countries. <laughs> I, I think about like that. Like, like, they're, like they're, their claim to fame is literally their ability to build their wealth off the backs of other people. Yeah, like, okay, think about this. Like, <laughs> they came from their to start the United States. Well, they didn't come to start the United States. They came to colonize the U.S. Mm-hmm. So the people that came from the U.K. or whatever, like, they came over here from there. Right. <laughs> so it's not surprising that they are racist. Yeah. It, it's, not, like, it's not something I'm like, oh, man, shocking. Mm-hmm. No, it's... And then Piers Morgan want to walk off the stage and quit Good Morning Britain or he whatever mad it is. She don't want him. He just mad. Listen, don't be mad. Don't do that. Accept it for what it is. Right. You know what I'm saying? And let this black queen do her thing. But and listen, here's the funny part. They had Madea come and be security. Tyler Perry <laughs> offered to <laughs> they stayed in his house and offered security. That lets you know how black people. And we and, and this go this is a great segue till we lead into the living room. Mm-hmm. How black culture stands up we do. for black people. Okay. We do. Tyler Perry heard they was coming. Tyler Perry said, listen, <laughs> y'all can stay at <laughs> my house for a little while and I'm gonna bring my security in there. Right. Because they, they don't even offer security for the baby. Mm-mm. That's Come that's on. Sad. That's sad. That's sad. Mm-hmm. That is sad. It is upset me and my homegirls that, <laughs> that they would do them like that. But anyway, none of it was shocking, but it was very telling um, to hear the story of Megan. It was kind of hurtful. And, and, and shout out to her. I don't usually give white men a lot of props. Right. And I ain't going to star too much today either. Mm-mm. But shout out to Harry for standing up for his wife right. and um and honoring you know the covenant of his marriage over the foolishness of his family. That's mm-hmm. a word right there, and it'll bless you if you let it. All right, all right, Brian, you ready? I think that's all for the billboard. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm ready. You ready to get into the living room? I think we got we got a little conversation to talk about. Ba-da-bum. I think we got something to talk about. We got to talk about. <laughs> So grab your drinks, grab your snacks, and let's head on over to the living room. All right, good people, we are here in the living room, and you know this is the section, the segment rather, where we talk about all of the things, and today's conversation it's going to be stemmed around. Wait a minute. Let me. Let, I, uh-huh. I got something, Brian. I didn't okay. talk to you about it, but I got something. I, I'm prepared for okay. the moment. Okay. Okay. I just, I just, I just want to start off the moment like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, yeah. You know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. We start harming it a little bit before we transition there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Bam. No copyright infringement over here. So, so if you was in Black Band, you know that was a song we played, Coming to America. It was one of the things. <laughs> it was just like Flight of the Bumblebee. Flight of the Bumblebee, no. Coming to America was a song. Okay. Um, but anyway, everybody know Coming to, number two, um, not pre- not the preposition, but the number two, um, yeah. to America premiered on Amazon Prime this past Friday. Mm-hmm. And that's the only place it should ever premiere was on Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> regardless of my <laughs> thoughts on that, uh, it came out and it was a cultural moment. Um, we understand the significance of the original movie that yep. came out in, what was it, 88? I was about to say mm-hmm. 86, so 88. Um, and what it did for culture, and I think almost unintentionally, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think no one, you know, intended it for it to be the kind of massive hit that it was. Mm-hmm. So we understand what coming to America means specifically to the black community. And then, you know, 33 years mm-hmm. later, here mm-hmm. we are with the sequel. Um, most of the same cast was most. there. Um, similar storyline. Would you agree? Yes, kind of similar, um, mm-hmm. but of, of, of course some changes because it couldn't be the exact same thing, right? right, right. Um, but Brian, initial, but before we, well, let's just do this. Today's conversation is going to be talking about <laughs> 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 moments within media and culture, right? That kind mm-hmm. of either pushes forward or pushes back black culture in a way, okay, and kind of. Um, how these kind of movements or these moments kind of define what culture is in that moment for black people and, and, and black culture. So just before we dive real deep, what are, what were your initial thoughts of the, cause this is one of, by far one of your favorite movies or is oh, yeah. your absolute Come, favorite movie, right? Yes. Yeah, Come so, to America is by far my favorite movie. Yeah. So like initial thoughts of the movie. Come to America. Uh, okay. So, well, coming to America. Okay, Whatever so, you want to call it. <laughs> Coming to America. <laughs> um, my initial thoughts were are it was a fun movie. It was for the culture, but I don't think it necessarily pushed culture forward. It was just a fun movie, like a reunion type thing. Um I watched it with the lens of like it's I didn't expect it to be great. Mm-hmm. I did you know, I think we talked about this on the podcast multiple times before the thing actually dropped. My expectations were extremely low for it, um, but overall, I, I'm not going to say it was like completely just the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but it it wasn't as good as it could have been. But it wasn't just absolutely just god awful terrible, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's my. What are your thoughts? You know. I agree with you in the sense that it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen <clears throat> because it wasn't. Um, I'll, I'll say this and I, maybe this will give you and the people perspective. I've watched Pootie Tang huh. and yeah. enjoy Pootie Tang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I've watched coming to America, mm-hmm. you know, and 
I enjoyed it from the perspective of, um, I think I understood what they were attempting to do. Right. I think I also laughed quite a bit mm-hmm. because, I mean, Eddie Murphy. And I'm not a yeah. huge Eddie Murphy fan, right? But Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall, um, Leslie Jones, as, you know, silly and over the top as she is, right? All of these things, I think you had comedic presences, presence. Um, I think you had very, I won't say well-written, but very intentional jokes <laughs> mm-hmm. and comedic moments that were supposed to be in there. So, of course, right. human nature, you laugh. And from that right. perspective, I enjoyed it. Um, but here's the thing. My ability to laugh does not automatically equate to something being good. Right. And that's why I brought up the, um, the Pootie Tang reference. Pootie Tang was a terrible (laughs) film, Mm -hmm. but it became (laughs) one of my guilty pleasures. Uh Uh-huh. I bought the DVD. I'm not, I don't admit that often. I don't admit that often. Um, but I said that to say I enjoyed the stupidity of Pootie Tang so much mm-hmm. um, that it was just that it was, it was so stupid it was funny. Um, mm-hmm. But that didn't make it good. Right, and right. that's how I feel about coming to America. Like I, I hear the criticism of people saying that it was funny as hilarious. How could you not enjoy it? And I'm like, but I can. There's duality in my thought concerning that. Right? Mm-hmm. I can legit laugh at something and not enjoy it. Uh, that's almost like watching somebody fall. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy you fail, but it's it's still kind of funny. funny. <laughs> and one, and especially if I find out that you're okay, I'm gonna laugh oh, a little yeah, bit harder. Laugh. I'm gonna laugh a little <laughs> bit harder. Um, and even after, even if you weren't okay, I'm gonna stop laughing in the moment. But once you heal and get better, oh, we're gonna laugh about that fall. And that's how I feel about this movie. Like it was funny, but that doesn't that still doesn't mean that I enjoyed like the hour and some change that I spent <laughs> of my life watching it and just to tell you this i am never intentionally watching coming to america again if i ever see it again it's because i'm at your house and, and you watching it or because i feel like you're going to watch it again and, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it again yeah or, or i'm somewhere else where someone's watching i'm not going to like roll my eye tell them to turn it off but i can tell you that i'm not logging into amazon prime and selecting play i'm just not you, doing it you do know it good and well. It's gonna be on BET like in a year from now. And I, and when it is, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna find something else to watch. I'm it's not gonna, doing that. <laughs> it's gonna so come on right after Baby Boy. It's, listen, Baby Boy. And, well, no, no, no. You know what? They're they gonna do a whole spin. They're gonna do Coming to America, the first one. Uh-huh. They're gonna do like a bunch of interviews. Then they're gonna they're gonna make it a day. <laughs> a day. They're gonna show like Eddie Murphy movies all day, all day, all day. <laughs> But in terms of like a cultural moment, what like what like I guess what were your thoughts like how it impacted culture for this moment? Like what did it like of course it did not have the same impact. And that's let me uh-huh. do this other caveat. I did not go into it thinking it would be the original coming to America. I think anybody right. who thought that was was ignorant. Like I right. definitely knew that it was when I heard what the story no. was going to be, I knew immediately like Absolutely not. And most sequels are not as good as the original, right? How right, be right. ever, how be ever, uh, it was still, you know, my, my my expectations were low and it met all of the all of my low expectations. So I guess my question for you is that while it was not, I guess the original coming to America was not intentionally made to be the cultural movement that it was. This no. particular movie was birthed off that momentum, 
So mm-hmm. what do you think, you know, I guess from your perspective, what do you think the cultural intent was? And then what do you think the actual, uh, the actual like movement this go around for this movie was? Yeah, and, and okay, so let me set let me set the stage for this. So okay. even I watched the interview recently with Eddie Murphy, and he was saying and he didn't know until recently, like within the last ten years, that coming to America the original was actually like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Like he didn't even know. Like he said he made the movie, thought it was funny, they put it out, and then he said he didn't really understand until like recently he started seeing it on TV a lot, like like what's going on, and then he started seeing like people you know give references and. In everyday conversation, when you say something about, you know, coming to America, like if I, you know, anybody that sings, I believe the children of the future, like everyone does it, the Randy Watson version, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like with pride, like everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone says that. So beautiful. Um, Don't you agree? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So I, I, you know, that was lightning in a bottle. You created something and it hit and it's really a timeless movie. People think it's it's great. Um, Yeah. So the uh, the question was as far as my thoughts on it as far as it, it cultural. Um, I think in terms of culture, it was more of a thing of just like I think the goal was to kind of go back and give us like some nostalgia. Okay. Um, of what the original was, I don't think that they really thought that they can recreate or duplicate the original. Mm-hmm. I think they just kind of wanted to just give us something. That would kind of like bridge the two different generations. Okay. Like, um, the, you know, because those kids weren't even born in 88, right? I was what? I was born in 85. I was three. You were born in 89. I was still swimming in my dad's sack. Right. So you weren't even born when the original (laughs) came out, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But you've you've seen it. Oh, multiple Um, times. Yeah. Certain people, certain people in our friend group haven't seen the original. I'm not going to call you out, Asha. Asha but some people haven't even wife. seen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I love her, but I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> haven't even seen the original. So I think it was a situation where it's kind of like, I want to want to go back and let's do this so that, you know, it was a cultural thing. I think people will want to see it. Um, so within that, I think people wanted to see it, but we wanted to see it done right. Yeah. Um, well, let me see. For me, as a, as a coming to America stan, mm-hmm. like, I want to see y'all come and do it. I want to see, you know, the barbershop scene. I want to see all the stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted it to be, like, done right. And it wasn't done right, but that's not what we're talking about here. But as far as what it did for culture, I don't really think it did anything for culture. I don't think it pushed it forward. I don't think it pushed it back. I just think it just was here. I don't think people are going to be talking about coming to America, too, or coming to America, whatever, like a year from now saying, like, man, do you remember when that movie came out in 2021. Like, I don't think it's going to be a situation where people are going to really care that it came out. I agree. I think in terms of culture, I think people are going to talk about it, right? I -hmm. think because it came out in a pandemic, these are kind of like defining moments. Mm -hmm. Because even, um, you know, you and I had, I I had a speaking engagement Mm -hmm. about a year ago from like this past Sunday. And like, that was like, while the moment itself, their preaching engagement was like dope mm-hmm. and crazy. Oh yeah, it was also a marker for both of us. Like, right, this was the last time we were in church, or this was, you mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. I think coming to America is going to be, if nothing else, going to be that. Like in the pandemic, we had a few things. We had my rainy's right. black bottom. We had this. We, we had that. We had coming to America. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I believe that while. 
it didn't do much of anything for culture, right? But I do think it is a defining. I think it's one of the what's 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 what what do they say in 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 racing? It was a checkpoint. I think it's going to be okay. a very clear checkpoint in mm. culture and right. how we look at it. Um, it's my it and this because now that the vaccine is becoming more and more available, I think this is probably one of the last times uh, we get to see like a real major release. Via mm-hmm. streaming, now there, I think there's going to be a few more. But yeah. as far as like something of this, because if this was if this was not Corona, right, this would have been in the movies, oh, and yeah. it would have done numbers <clears throat> because oh, numbers. of what it yeah. was, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think somebody even I think I even saw a stat that said it was like one of the highest premiering streaming mm-hmm. movies or 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 something or something that happened. So I honestly believe that. You know, coming to America, coming to coming to America did a lot um, as far as like is 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 point in history, is point in the culture. I do not think that it pushed us backwards. Um, I also do not believe that it it pushed us forward, so to speak. Um, I don't think that it really did anything. If I'm gonna be honest, um, I really believe that it was one of those things to where a lot of people were excited about it, and I think it caused a lot of buzz. I think it caused a lot of hype. I think it caused a lot of conversation around what it meant in comparison to it. But I think that's a really, 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 really unfair comparison. I think that this movie almost could have, it could have, no, let me take that back. It could not have, it couldn't stand alone as its own movie. Um, I think to your point, there was a lot of nostalgia in it and that it was that black family family reunion. But I also think in terms of culture, we could have gotten everything we needed if it would have replicated the Will Smith Fresh Prince of Bel-Air model. Like we didn't need it. We didn't need. We didn't need a movie. And I'm now. I'm gonna stand on that hill. While I don't think it was terrible, I don't think we needed a movie. <laughs> and I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see any reason why um, there need to be a movie either. I think we could have did the same thing. Um, would just sit down, have a conversation, mm-hmm. or it could have been a situation like on a BET Awards, like you do a scene in the barbershop, like you recreate that. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't have to be a whole movie at all. Um, it could have been. A short, a short film, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, just the barbershop, people having conversations and stuff like that, or yeah, a, a scene with the uh, the preacher, or a, it just could have been done differently. I, mean, I could probably go into, I could probably go into so many details as far as it's all the small things yeah. that just really could have made this thing better, or what they could have done in instead of doing this. Um, yeah. But yeah. and not to veer too much off topic because I I do want to keep I do I want to use this as a template right. for our conversation and I guess what I guess the next question I, I want to ask Brian is like are there like considering this movie and all the people who loved it or hated it because that that really was the sentiment there was no oh, yeah. in between you either no loved between. it or you hate it. and I think the few right. in between people are me and you like because I didn't yeah. love it I don't hate it. But nah. I also would have been super okay without it ever existing, right? Yeah. So definitely. I guess the question is, is that when we're defining 
these moments in black culture and what it means for us in this time in 2021, you know what I'm saying? What it meant in 1988, who are there gatekeepers to black culture? And how do we even define like who those people are and what that means? The black culture, I think in certain aspects of black culture, I wouldn't say they're necessarily gatekeepers, but they are definitely, as you called some people, elder statesmen, like people who definitely kind of get that have clout. Okay, think about this. <clears throat> black gospel music. Yeah. Who's the gatekeeper? Who's the person that, that you really you know feel that if you work with this person, you can make it? Right now, that's Kirk Franklin. Kurt Franklin. So Kurt, so it's not the fact that he's like the gatekeeper, but like it's a situation yeah. where if like he give if you, you a step of Kurt, approval. Yeah, that's it. Um, in film, in in if when it comes, okay, in let's think about church, black church. Who's the person that could be like, you know what, I'm gonna put my stamp on this person, and they are gonna blow up? T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes. But <laughs> he blew up Paula White's races behind. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Um, <clears throat> in terms of just media. Uh, te- in a, a television, if if this person, it, not, it really just almost selling anything. If you put this person put that stamp on you, who would that be? Oh, dub. So it's not. So I don't think necessarily necessarily gatekeepers per se, but I think there are some people who just based off of what they've done in the past, yeah, and who they are, and who yeah. they are now. That because there's TD Jakes consistent. He's been TD Jakes, woman that are loosed, um, mega fest, thirty years, mm-hmm. maybe plus. Oprah has been doing this almost 40. You know, she's been doing it a long time. Kurt Frank has been doing it a long time. Um, so it's based, I don't think there's necessarily gatekeepers. I think there are people who, out of just respect, we look at them as um our elders. Like the people who was like, I I they've done it. They've they're the ones who broke broke down barriers. Yeah. Like no one was gospel music wasn't on the radio like that. Kurt Franklin was the one that kind of put gospel media, gospel music on like the on the on the forefront. Mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes is the person that kind of in this generation put like church and you know God and all that kind of stuff on the forefront. Oprah Winfrey pretty much has done everything: movie, television. Um, she was you know, a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's certain people. I don't think they're necessarily gatekeepers of the culture. I think in certain spaces, there are certain people you have to look to for what they've done. Um, uh, for culture, for our culture, mm-hmm. um, Michael Jordan choose. So true. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, like, he, I mean, it, even Damon John. If we talk about, I mean, like Fubu has passed. Right. I mean, but for like, if you think in terms of culture, there was not a black kid around who won rocking Fubu. Yeah. And then it evolved to platinum Fubu, right? Yeah. And and to your point, I think. While they're made, and I agree with you, I don't think that there's particular gatekeepers, but I do think there are people who put their stamp of approval that pushes certain things in culture forward. Oh, yeah. And then I think there are people who really, who break out, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like Kenya Barris, who oh, yeah. one, was one of the you know main contributors to coming to America, but you know, so we know him mostly for all of his ish, mm-hmm. you know, blackish, mm-hmm. mixedish, grownish. Um, but if you look at some old credits, his name has been popping up. For a while, um, oh, yeah. in different black shows, and like mm-hmm. now he got his, you know, his opportunity. His own thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. what I'm saying Mara Brock Akio, like we knew her for, you know, the Moishas and the girlfriends mm-hmm. and all these other type of things. But then, you know, love is and oh yeah, you know, being Mary Jane, like she kept working and kept putting out all these works that tells these stories. Like Lena Waithe, her name yeah. was, was popping up on credits and other things. And now yeah. me- you see where she is. So I, I, I definitely think. 
that there's definitely a way that we have mm-hmm. people and creatives and 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 projects and works that definitely pushes our culture and helps define what is first of all black people are cultural movements mm-hmm. like yeah, we easy. define everything um definitely like from Gucci to even Tommy Hilfiger back in the 90s and all even with his foolishness yeah, we, you know what I'm saying yes. we were the ones who made it cool and when mm-hmm. we heard when black folk decided that he was racist and made that statement we made it uncool you, yep. know, you know what I'm saying and now we're making it cool again because now we're doing mm-hmm. vintage Tommy stuff right right so mm-hmm. like it it is us who really defines what worldwide culture is and you know we define the cool kids table Oh yeah, easy. We, we are the cool yeah, kids. Yeah, we, we are us. So I think that's just blackness in general. But I guess what I'm trying to get at though, bro, is like what really pinpoints these like I guess like you say, coming to America was lightning in a bottle, the original. Mm-hmm. What are what are the things? Or maybe we don't know the things until later in life, right? Maybe that's the thing, right? But what are the things we kind of talked about a little bit last week? We talked about television. What are the things that's like these are the these are the must do things or these are the must, you know, things you must experience or these are the things that, you know, kind of like that whole black card situation. Understanding that black people are not we're not a monolith. Right. Right. But at the same time, I think there are some things that is just that is you that is kind of indicative of the cookout. And while all of us may not like it, it's at the cookout, though. There's some things that's just at the cookout that everybody going to enjoy. Mm hmm. Um, I think some things that like as far as black folks, just we gotta do, or is that what we're, as we're we're talking about here? Yeah, like, or, or I guess, or who decide, or like I guess, how does that phenomenon come to be? You know what I'm saying? Like coming to America, <clears> or I mean, I can go down, if we can do move, we can go down this. Like, what's love got to do with it? Waiting to exhale, soul food, uh, like you said, a, Jordans, Fubu, and Nietzsche back in the day, fat for oh. like you know what I'm saying? Was it just was it? And I guess this can go to a this can go to a part B. Was it the support of blackness? Yes. Or it's, it's was two, it? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, twofold. One is a it's a feeling, right? Okay. Because everything has a feeling. Like when you put on a pair of Fresh J's, it makes you feel a certain way. Especially some Jordan ones. Listen, um, when you listen to a certain song, when you we sang outstanding. You sing outstanding. When you listen to outstanding, it's like, oh, this this is a feel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you put on a fresh outfit, it's it's a feel. It's a vibe. And I think. Not to try to get deep or whatever like that, but I think black folks, we we we, I think we feel like we feel the energy of the world, the energy of what's going on. Um, the Bible talks about this, and this is not really. I don't know if it's black folks, but the signs of the time, like we kind of know what's going on. Like we, Yee. you know, what I'm saying we know what's going on in culture, and I think yeah. it's something to where it's just it's just innate. It's within us. So when we put on the Jays, and somebody sees us walking with confidence in these Jays, and you know. People are like, oh snap, them them must be fresh. And then you see somebody like Diddy, you know, who's a definitely a I don't know if he's we don't you know that's a gatekeeper, but he's this person that pushes culture forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um man rocked a mohawk. What was happening next? Black dudes was wearing mohawks. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was a thing. Um, so I really think it's just really just about one, the vibe, and then the two, it's the support of black black folks. Like, think about this. Coming to America. As bad or or as good or however indifferent as you feel about it, yeah, sure. Like we watched it, we watched, we all tuned like, in. I don't know, not one black person that didn't watch it. Yeah, that I that I know of, or like, or doesn't have some plan at least by uh, now yeah, to watch it. 
to watch it. So I think even even and this is and this is for all y'all on, and I don't know if I'm gonna use it as a great conversation or not, but maybe not. To all the, the the black folks out there that be like, oh, um, black folks don't support stuff, and y'all always gotta talk trash and criticize and stuff well, like that. I wish like, I had a name to call out because I would call it. The, the, the thing is, we support almost everything. Black. We support it. We so Tyler Perry. How is you rich think he became he built a billionaire off all that terrible stuff he didn't produce? Right, like black folks support black people stuff. Like so, like let's quit that. Let's, let's kill that narrative of black people don't support black people. We support. We support. And, but if it's whack, we are gonna tell you it's whack. You know what I'm saying? Y'all wasn't mad when Cisco and Ebert was telling y'all movies was whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so. What black people? We can't say some something's whack because it's black. Like nah. Like if it's a, if it's whack, it's whack. If it's but that's how black people are, right? That's how we make things dope. That's how we make things, you know, push for culture forward. If something is dope, we're going to tell y'all it's dope, and then everybody's going to understand how dope it is. It, it's just not going to just fly, right? And then that's, that kind of gives credibility to our culture. When black people say, oh, this is dope, then nine times out of ten, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's dope. And it, and it really is dope. It, it's, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, one, it's a vibe. And the two is definitely the support of black folks that pushes everything forward. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up too about this whole narrative that black people don't support black people. I think the fact that, like you said, we sometimes blindly support each other. Like, yeah. oh, such and such is doing this. Like you said, like, for example, going back to Tyler Perry, like I criticize his art because I feel like Tyler Perry, first of all, I'm, I'm going to admit this probably for the first time ever publicly. I mm-hmm. think Tyler Perry is insanely talented. To oh, be, yeah. to be able is. to do everything that you've done pretty much yes. independent of Hollywood is mm-hmm. a gift. It's a grace. It's an anointing. Yep. It's whatever you want to call it. However, right, mm-hmm. in me, even in me recognizing that, I also understand that sometimes I feel like you are irresponsible with that gift. Mm-hmm. Like you're like the movie um, A Fall From Grace or whatever it was. Trial. The movie itself wasn't terrible. It was these moments in it uh-huh. that made it so bad. Like all the Tyler Perry's movies seem to get really rushed in the last thirty minutes. I, yeah, he, he ran. It's out of like time. he runs out of time. But you wrote it, bro. Like you did. Like yeah. you could have cut out some of that other stuff and got us, you know, what I'm saying progress the movie a little bit further. Um, but just the little thing. Like, I know he said that he don't be caring about wigs, but continuity is a thing. How is it, this woman important. in jail, and she goes through mm-hmm. five hair changes? Mm-hmm. In the same conversation, like, yeah, bro, we said like, and, and like, and I think there was one scene they were at the restaurant. The people mm-hmm. were literally eating nothing. You could see an empty fork mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to people's. So I mean, how bad? Like, it was it like it was supposed to be like a Waffle House. How hard was it for y'all to throw some egos in the toaster yeah. and just yeah. let, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you didn't have to spend, you know, you didn't have to spend bank or you know. So, Mm-mm. but my point is, is that as much, and I still watch that movie. But yes, I we was, all watched it. We all, we watched, all watched it. it. But, I, but after watching it, I'm going to say, bro, you you missed. Like, mm-hmm. and these were and these were easy moments. This, and this wasn't even doing a deep philosophical dive. These were just initial observational thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it does not discount what Tyler Perry has done to employ black people, specifically mm-hmm. black women. Mm-hmm. Um, to bring relevance back to a lot of black actors who have not been acting in a while. Yep. Like, you can't take that away from that, brother. And oh, I no, will never no. take that away from him. The <laughs> fact that he has turned one of the most racist landmarks in Atlanta mm-hmm. into his own studio, the fact that his studio yep. is like four times bigger than Disney. Like, mm-hmm. 
These are all amazing accomplishments on top of the fact that he's producing, you know, below mediocre content. Like yeah. his 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 new shows, like the rebirth of House of Pain, still bad. Um, the show Assisted Living about them in this abandoned senior facility, that don't even make sense. How does <laughs> I, 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 but but what he does is he takes characters like J. Anthony Brown, who mm-hmm. who was overlooked by Hollywood. So yep. like when people like the Steve Harveys and the D the DL Hughleys and you know the Kings of Come and all these other people who got their own sitcoms, you know what I'm saying? Now J. Anthony Brown has his shot. You know what I'm saying? So that's yep. the kind of thing I respect. And he's yep. creating spaces and lanes for black art to continue to thrive, but it does not absolve me from the responsibility or the just the ability to critique his work because it could use another eye. It could use yeah. another level of due diligence. And right. uh, and I say all that to say, like just for Black Panther, we Black Panther was amazing. Let's start there. It was. But amazing. none of us knew what it was going to be. It could have nope. literally been like in people, some people like Ant-Man, but it could have been Ant-Man. Like, you know what right. I'm It could have been something <clears> just kind of like, oh, that was cool. But it wasn't. They it was. murdered that joint. But we but we went into that thing blindly, trusting that Chadwick Bozeman and you know Michael B. Jordan and all them other people was gonna kill it, and they delivered. Right. And we walked up in there with our African guard. Oh, yeah. Uh, and my like I think Lauren and I went to go see it. This is pre pre-children. We went to go see it like late at <clears throat> late at night. Open at night. Like we, yeah. it wasn't even and again, like we knew nothing about it. Maybe we saw a trailer here and there, but black folks showed up with our alphas on because it was like this is for the culture. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like for so that whole like again, like black people don't support black people stuff, like that's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Even though Marvel was quote unquote white. That Black Panther was actually filmed on Tyler Perry's studio. Like, so think about like full circle moment. You know full what I'm circle. saying? Like full circle moment. So let's let's not act like black people don't do that. But um, I, where do we where do we leave off? Or where were we? <laughs> we were just talking about like you know how how do certain moments become defining moments in culture? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's it's it just happens. Like I said, based off of just what we do, yeah. what we think, and we we it, we make it happen though. Mm-hmm. I think we make it happen. So what are so what are some of the ways in which we can intentionally do that without like a movie premiere or a song? Like what are some of your thoughts surrounding that? Like just today. Like what is something Brian, you know what I'm saying, on a, on a Monday, what can you do to define even if it's in within your circle or your sphere of influence? What is it that you can do? You know what I'm saying that defines a moment, a cultural black moment. Um just be you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you if if you grow up black, just be you, but be you excellently. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. be your authentic self. Yeah. But be that as great as you can be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like think about this. You have two sons. I have a daughter. Like you just being dad, being dope, being fresh, being clean, being intelligent, being a great husband to your wife. Bring a great, being a great dad, like you literally have changed the trajectory of black culture with your two sons. You know what I'm saying? Because your sons are what they don't grow up to be swacky black kids, intelligent. They don't, you know, treat women right. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's just being like just being you, being authentically you, being dope. Like it's going, it's going to affect black culture. Um, even with my daughter, like it's intentionality with 
my my wife gives her black hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Like Lauren's, you you wearing these braids, you wearing these beads, um, you wearing these black clothes. Like you gonna be this black girl, you know what I'm saying? You be this black princess, and yeah. You, but it, you gonna be black. She used blue um, magic in her hair. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> she, but she uses all black hair products. Yeah, you know what no, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a it's so it, even in our household, like you know us, like any of your household too, we try to buy black stuff. Like Yeah, absolutely. You know, as much clothing as we can. Yeah. As much as we can. That 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 is a good product. Let me say that. We and I mind you, we bought so many products that, you know, that were from us that weren't great. And mm-hmm. we just decided to not use those anymore. But Every day, it's we intentionally we are intentionally black every single day. Yeah, like we, every morning we say, you know what? How black are we gonna be today? Like I think my wife was talking about the fact of um talking about cutting her hair, right? And she was, I don't know if she wanted to talk about this on air, but she was talking about like I, my wife wears big, twist out mm-hmm. hair, um, and she was thinking about you know I'm, I'm thinking about cutting my hair, you know, go back to my shorter hairstyle. But she was like, you know what? Nah, I don't want to do that because I want my daughter to see beautiful black hair and be able to embrace having hair and what it is to have your crown. And yeah. And then maybe when she's older, she understands that yes, mommy has hair that's kinky and curly. Then maybe I can cut it then. And then, you know, it's, it's so just moments like that to where it's like, we're going to embrace our blackness and then show our children how black we are and how great it is to embrace all of your blackness. Yeah. Um, that That's what pushes culture forward, generations forward. No, I think that is so true and that was so well stated. I think I think going back to what we said about, you know, the argument that people say that black people don't support, I think the better response to that, and it made me think about when you said we try our best to do black products, because I think we do. Yeah, we do. But you brought an excellent point by saying, you know, products that are good, because there are some products, right? I yep. think where we where we could change is when people be like, you know what? See, that's why I'll do a black folk now. I think we can redirect that narrative. Oh, so, yes. so instead yes. of saying, you know, if you get a bad mechanic, you know, so that's why I'm full black folk now. Well, you did go to the shade tree guy behind the house, Bruh. or you know, or your or your nephew or your uncle's hookup, rather than going right, or, go, or rather than going to like one of my mechanics is D. You know what I'm saying? He's a he's an African that has his own little shop, but he got his degrees on the wall. He uh-huh. got his certifications on the wall. You know what I'm saying? So he may be, from the looks of his shop, a shade tree mechanic, but he is qualified. He is credentialed. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, that's an, and I've never had a bad experience with him in mm-hmm. fixing my car and doing, you know, him diagnosing whatever was wrong, right? Um, and I think that's an experience versus, like, my dad has a guy who he know. You know, mm-hmm. who he's taking stuff to that man's, you know, house and that man has fixed it. And I say that yes. that man couldn't fix it. But if that man were to ever do something shady, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to throw that on all black mechanics. I'm just going to, you know, ch- you know, chalk that up to that one experience. And I think that is the one thing that we could change um, yes. in terms of that. But I also think that I don't think that should stop us from like for me, because I've had poor experiences with some black you know, restaurants or black, you mm. know, products or, you know, whatever, it doesn't stop me or hinder me from wanting to do it again. Um, oh, yeah, and then sometimes you find products and services that just don't benefit you. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like, even when we talk about hair products, there's a bunch of 
Hip hop like Taraji has one, and um, mm-hmm. what's her face? Tracy Ellis Ross has one, yep. and then you got Miel and Design mm-hmm. Essentials and all this other kind of stuff. But then you may try Tracy Ellis Ross and think you're gonna have her hair and realize that it's called pattern, but it don't work for your pattern. You know right. what I'm saying? And so, right. you know, Miel, you know, cosmetics may be more for you, or like with me, you know, I I'm not the hugest Rihanna fan, but Fenty Skin has been blessing <laughs> the kid. You know what I'm saying? So much so, I, I mean, I begin compliments like, Josh, what are you doing? I'm like, first of all, I follow the formula. Drinking water, minding mm-hmm. my business. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you know, so I think Gabrielle Union said, people all mean I have great skin. She's like, no, I have great skin care. And like, her skincare line is freaking amazing. It's expensive. But but it is, and I'm willing, <laughs> I'm, but I'm willing to invest, not just because... It's a black woman, but because she's right. offered an amazing product, right? So I think right. for us, we have to do, I think if I'm going to critique anything, we have to do a better job of, you know what I'm saying, not categorizing blackness with one bad or even one good experience, right? Because right. all good things ain't, ain't coming from us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right now, I love Trader Joe's water. I'm pretty sure ain't no black people behind that. Right. But <laughs> right. until some black person drop their own alkaline water, I'm going to be drinking my Trader Joe's. Right. So I, right. I think we have to be very honest in what we define and what we push. But even in that manner, bro, like taking white things or be, or like you said, being authentic, showing up authentically in white spaces. I'm yep. going to take this Trader Joe's water and I'm going to own it as my own health thing. I drink mm-hmm. a gallon of water a day. It might be Trader Joe's, but you know what I'm saying? But this is something I'm on and inspiring another black brother or Mm -hmm. another black sister, you know what I'm saying? To, if you're going to, you know, to get that water and start, you know, you be more hydrated. You follow the formula with mine and your business Mm -hmm. drinking your water. So I think, I think, I think for us, it is in totality of embracing movements. And even if it's not owned by us, making mm-hmm. it our own we've been doing it all along you know yes. what i'm saying making it our own just like we know back in slave time they gave us the scraps we made it our own we can talk about oh, chitlins yeah. all you want to but we made that something that was yep. ours you mm-hmm. see what i'm saying now they're now they eating and it. now they're eating it now it's a delicacy <laughs> no thank you <laughs> i mean i don't like them but i'm no. just saying we've been we've been you know, so we have all the experience of being handed stuff that was not ours or, or, you know, being forced to be in spaces not designed for us, but still right. making room for our authentic black selves to show and be loud and to be proud. Because, you know, yep. you know, I work and I am I loud know. and black and every day. We praying you up out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I am loud yeah, and black you every single day. Um, day. Um, but as we wrap up the living room conversation, I, I, I really love this conversation. Um, I guess thinking ahead, right? Mm-hmm. What are, I guess what are some of the things that you think, you know, if you could predict what the next big wave could be, what is something you think it would it would be for black culture? Next for black culture, next big wave. Um, I mean, I know that's kind of hard. No, I think it's 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 getting there and it's growing. Shouts out to Pinky, um, the whole the the diet thing, like I think that's growing. Like the vegan, the the soul food alternatives, the stuff that black folks like. Okay, I think that's that's growing. I think shout out to Tabitha Brown for that too. Yeah, I I think health and fitness. I think is really going to be a thing that's going to 
grow. I just, you know, here goes the, the thing, right? Is like, how can we make those things affordable, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, 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 like, if you go, if you've eaten at Slug the Vegan before, like the food is is amazing. It's great food. Um, but I don't think certain people in certain areas can afford that stuff. Um, you know, our folks going to the gyms in our in our community. So I think that's something that I think is is bubbling. Um, really being conscious about health and fitness and what we eat and stuff like that. I think is the next big wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think. We kind of talked about it earlier regarding as far as black folks being in movies that are telling our stories yeah. about our, our historical figures. I think that's something we're going to continue to see. Um, like, for instance, I think we had a headline. I think we may have talked about it offline earlier today about like some, um, they're wanting to get rid of J. Edgar Hoover's name off the FBI building because of a Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, who didn't know that he was, you know, that who that he wasn't racist, you know? What I'm right, saying? Like right. Why did it take this uh, movie for y'all to do all this? Right, but there are so many stories that we can tell that have been told before that can be told again, like Shaka Zulu. We can tell mm-hmm. a better Huey P. Newton movie, a story. Um, some of the lesser known folks, I think we can go back and really give some justice and some due to Barry Gordy about you know we think all these record labels and we think P. Diddy is something, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but he's no Barry Gordy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think some of those stories can be told. Um, I, I think there's so many there's stories that can be told that of just us being great. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think the slavery thing is played out. Yeah. I think the Easters of the world, like what we saw in the photograph, like yeah. black love, black without love. trauma. Yeah. Right. I, I th- um I think like what she's producing, even with Insecure, right? It is it is our version of I think we've talked about this before, of living single and girlfriends. Yep. It is, you know, it mm-hmm. is because my our parents could relate. Cause I mean, Legal Single is my favorite show, but it premiered in the early nineties. I was like mm-hmm. three and four years old. Right. When it came, I can relate to it now as an adult because yeah, but I really relate to Insecure because you're talking about like you know, technology that I'm using, all of y'all are in mm-hmm. y'all early 30s with me. And while I'm married, right, there are still, you know, things that I'm navigating in life as far as friendships and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and just relationships in general that speak to me. And even like with her new show that's coming about the rap queens or whatever, mm-hmm. like just following that story. And, and you see the reemergence of women rappers. Right? right. So to be able to tell that story, uh, fiction probably based off a real story makes sense um yep. because you know when we were growing up we had what foxy brown look him yep you know eve at a point you know the brat but then there, it went silent then we got nikki mm-hmm. she killed mm-hmm. it and then all of a sudden boom it was just like this influx of these amazing right. these women can rap rap you know what rap, i'm saying rap. so like i think to what you said like yeah i think we need the the historical content I'm never going to deny that. I think there's definitely a place for it, but I think we need also, you know, telling our stories from yep. different perspectives. Like being Mary Jane, as toxic as it was, it told the story of yeah. a successful black woman and how difficult sometimes it can be to navigate that success and mm-hmm. life and being the breadwinner and the pressure. Right. You know, because in black families, you know, you had that one sibling. Who was the smartest or who was this or who was that? And there's a pressure 
yeah. to perform and to provide and to be the one that everybody looks up to. So like these oh, are yeah. our stories. So while they may be toxic moments, these are our stories. And I think we just have to continue to tell those stories. And like you said, Brian, I think the most important part is something that, you know, I've been doing a lot of the last year and a half or so specifically is showing up and presenting as my authentic self in whatever yep. space I'm in. Like mm-hmm. I don't even care no more. I'm going to yep. be black, black Josh. Yep. Wherever I'm at. Yeah. Cause you got, I think people need to see all sides of us. Yeah. Like, I think the most recent episode of, of whitish, they kind of dealt with that. Whitish? Not whitish, mixedish. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's the night crew, Ooh. y'all. <laughs> Listen, mixedish, they kind of dealt with that. With the fact I was like, like wait, we ain't got a new ish. <laughs> and you were like, huh? I was like, I'm thinking there's a white dude on there, uh, whatever. Zach. Um, but mixedish, mixedish they, they kind of dealt with that. Like the fact of like, who are we in, in certain spaces? Are you the the mammy, are you the, oh, the token? Yeah. Are you the, the such pony? A good episode. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, so who are we? Saying so in, in oftentimes, and I'm I'm sure we, you could probably say I've been in certain space. I may have been like the token. You know what I'm saying? I may have been the yeah the, the person <laughs> currently. Who, right, I'm, I'm gonna trot him out to be the one that's like, see, we have a black person here, and he's intelligent, well spoken. He dresses nicely. He presents well. See, they're not all you know gangsters and thugs and. He owes all that to us because we're the ones who gave him the opportunity. Because if it hadn't been for him, he would be on drugs and you know, crack like his mom. You know, it was like that's what the thought process is, oftentimes. So, I think showing that you can, like you always say, lemon pepper wings fried hard, but still be still be degreed and educated and all the things, right? Yeah, and and still listen to trap music. Only way to work with a do rag on, like yes, all that. So <laughs> with my curl cap now, cause I can curl. Oh, <laughs> it's like a mini bunny, <laughs> right? So and I think people need to see that. I think people need to see all sides of black folks, um, because they're we're so we're so multifaceted, multicultural. So I think people need to see it. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. I I I love this, and I love the fact that. You know, coming to America was able to birth this conversation yep. about, you know, just culture in general and how, mm-hmm. you know, something as what could seem insignificant as a movie can mm-hmm. really be, you know, something defining. Um, yep. Because now they're coming to America, coming to America, it's PG-13. I can see them watch this with my sons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And expo- and this and this is their introduction. And then yeah. one day showed them, all right, now that you've seen... The Kroger brand. Let mm-hmm. me show you. <laughs> let me show you the name brand. You know what I'm saying? So I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just think that it opens up so many doors for conversations, and it gives us real insight on how powerful we are yep. as a people, and how we're able to um, just continue to push things forward. So, um, as always, thank y'all for kicking it with us in the living room. This is yeah. this has been a good one. Yeah, this has been a good one. One of my favorites. All right, brother. You ready to talk about some self-care? I'm so ready. Let's do it. All right. Woosa. 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 All right. We are here at Black Men Self-Care. I am my brother's keeper. Uh, where we talk about all the things that we do as far as to make sure we are taken care of, make sure our black skin is taken care of, make sure our, all the things, the essential oils Listen. in our bodies are, you know, just flourishing and 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 doing all the things that God intended for them to do. Yes. 
Josh, what are you doing for Black yeah. Man's Self-Care? So, um, Ashes, one of Ashes' line sisters is launching a business. And okay. she is having a, um, a COVID-friendly launch, um, which consists of a day party and then an all-black affair. Mm, okay. So Ash and I are um, doing all the things. We are getting, I'm getting a haircut. I am getting mm-hmm. a manicure. Um, you know, we, we're pulling out some of our rags out the closet. Oh, and yeah. It feels good. It they feels, probably miss you, too. It feels good, yeah. To, like, I mean, I've been putting on, like, you know, a few rags. I'm like, I'm really literally some rags to go to work because I don't really care how I dress there um, as mm-hmm. much as I used to. But to really get dressed and to get out and be dressed up and look fancy and do the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. So for me, it's self-care because while I'm, we're definitely going to be careful in the event and we are um, really sure that it's going to be um, safe and all that kind of stuff, it's just going to feel mm-hmm. good to be out and to – kind of had that level of confidence of you know you you know how you feel when you be swagged out you know that's a different level you know and then there's a fresh haircut on top of it like that Mm -hmm. morning you know what i'm saying like all of the things right Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's what i'm but essentially it's gonna be getting that haircut getting that man i haven't had a manicure i've said it on um i and my brothers keep it a few times but i kept missing the opportunity to go Uh so i'm actually going to do it for this event. So to, you know, to be able to do that, it's just going to be so fulfilling. And, um, and I'm going to a black owned nail shop. So that, that, where, where is that? at? Um, it is on, in the West Midtown area. I want to, I think it's called Navu. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I will, once I get it done, I'm not going to put the link in the description box because I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah, make sure the product I is don't right. know. But, uh, <laughs> once I go, I'll let y'all know my experience next week. And we could talk about it. How about you, bro? Um, I'm going to chill. I'm going to... My mom wants to hang out with Brooklyn, so I'm probably going to drive her to meet my mom. So she can hang out with... Uh, Brooklyn can hang out with her grandma all day. Uh, or Nana all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to chill. Like, um, we have a housekeeper coming on Friday. So the house should be clean. So there's nothing for me to do. Money! <laughs> Don't... Look at me. I mean, navigate black that. life and coming up on the coins. <laughs> Don't I mean, that. there's a leprechaun on the other side of this rainbow. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Uh, that chick angel r- reminded us. She about reminded the fact us of outsourcing things that you can do at home. And so, you a boss? Brian is a boss. Brian I had thirteen promotions in two years at, at his job. <laughs> so you know, no. he's doing the thing. We, we're tired of cleaning. We're, we're we're we are we are tired of cleaning up. Um, I'm I'm grateful. Like Lauren pulled the trigger on this one because um. She was like, let's just pay somebody to do it. Like we can enjoy life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that is that is self-care. Is if we can outsource something that you don't want to do Listen. or take you time to do it, like bye. I love I love it. Ash and I have actually have never done it consistent, but we have hired like when we were like right before holidays and when life was over, mm-hmm. well, we've hired somebody to come in, like just on a weekend and do it. Mm-hmm. And it was just so dope to come back home and be like, ooh. And we had some, we had some, you know, it smelled like Fabuloso up in here because you know, <laughs> you know, people of color, we love us some Fabuloso. We do <laughs> all that lavender, <laughs> uh, but no, no, I get it, bro. And that is definitely something that probably in the future, especially once we officially purchase, we're gonna have to talk mm-hmm. about that to navigating Ooh. the space of owning a home and what that means for Black wealth. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a whole conversation. That's right, a but, great conversation. Um, we can talk about that. 
but yeah, man, like we've done it in the past. I definitely something we want to look into. But those are all dope things. Um, I know we skipped it last week, but do we have something to PO box? Let me give it a quick look, see and see what we have here. Let me go down to this here PO box. And we do. All right. Well, let's go on over and see what the postman is talking about. Let's go. What's good, fam? We are here at the at the P.O. Box. And as always, this is the segment where we get to answer your questions, respond to your comments. And last week we took a break um, because we wanted to. I don't uh, there's no apology. In 2021, we do, we just doing it because we want to. We do we want to. And do. that's how we feel. Uh, but mm-hmm. this is the opportunity for you all <laughs> to write in to us, ask your questions, um, give us your comments, and you can always um send them in to ask the jigsaw at yes, gmail.com sir. and you may be featured on the show we'll keep you anonymous and yeah we'll give you all the advice that a non-therapist can give you so brian okay let's let's get into it let's do it all right so we of course we're gonna need a um pseudonym yeah and the pronouns for this week are he him First of all, I appreciate y'all so much for telling us who you are, how you want to be identified, because we want to Thank respect you. that, and we want to make Must sure that, that we give names that are appropriate to how you want to be identified. So, with that being said, uh-huh. he and him. Mm. Nevadius Stallworth. Nevadius Stallworth. That is Future's real name. It's not Starworth, but Nevadius is his real first name. But go ahead. Nevadius. I'm glad he goes by future. <laughs> All right, Nevadius Starworth. Our Miss Starworth. <laughs> Nevadius says this. Happy New Year, guys. Okay. I know it's March, but I have never spoken to you. So whenever you get a chance to read this, I wanted to greet you. So Mary, Mary, and all that jazz to my niggas in my brain. All right. <laughs> Mary, Mary, Nevadius. <laughs> Mary, Mary, Nevadius. Mr. Stallworth. All right. Me and a group of friends, me and a group of college friends were planning a trip for fall 2020 for one of our birthdays. But of course, an entire pandemic determined that was not going to happen. We all agreed we would monitor how things progressed. And if, any, and, and if available, get the vaccine when it is available. Tentatively, we set the new date for a year later and just decided to celebrate the 30th milestone in 2021. After all this time of medical advice and vaccine release, all of us have had, excuse me, all of us have been vaccinated except one friend. Ironically, we are all in education, so we all have access. That one friend is refusing to be vaccinated because he says he does not need it and he is not putting unnecessary stuff in his body. We are we are now at the point of finalizing plane tickets and lodging and he's excuse me and he's asking about the information admittedly we have been planning we have been planning around him since he was since he wasn't (laughs) hold on (laughs) let me read this this is about to be funny (laughs) all right so so admittedly we have been planning around him since he wants to be dr umar (laughs) (laughs) and not get this vaccine should we continue to plan without an up? Should we continue to plan without and update him later, or should we tell him and save us all the future trouble? Love y'all, man, and love the show. Nevadius Star Wars. 
I got a quick. I know why I stand on this. I know why I stand too. <laughs> Tell him now first, and be done. Just be like, listen. Right. The trip was canceled. We all have access to the vaccine. Right. In your words, if you want to be Dr. Umar Johnson Jr., then that's your business. But what's not going to happen <laughs> is that we mm-hmm. all be over here all vaccinated and safe with our double doses and we unmasked and then you mm-hmm. out here breathing COVID air still on us. Right. So no. Yeah, and if you that. and if you don't wanna and if the group has agreed to that and he can't come to those terms, then I think he just needs to accept that. And if y'all have been friends since college, then that means that there's a level of relationship there and you should yep. be able to have that conversation. So I think it's shady to continue to play without him and yep. do it behind his back, especially if he's expressed how he's felt and he's still trying to go, right? But if yeah. all of y'all feel away, then have a come to Jesus meeting. Have a, you know, kick it with each other and tell them, like, bro, we're we're doing this and we don't feel comfortable going without the vaccine. So if you're not going to go, then, you know. Yep. That's what and, it is. And I wholeheartedly agree. I yep. wholeheartedly agree. The fact that it's like, if if that's one of the stipulations, like, it's kind of like you putting down a deposit, right? Yeah. If the, if, if the, the stipulation or within the planning process, you say, in order for you to go on this trip, you got to put down a deposit, mm-hmm. right? The deposit is the va- getting the vaccine. It's the vaccine. It, it it is that you know what I'm saying, and it's free. You know, like, and if you don't want to do it, that you don't want to do it, then this just ain't the trip for you. So like, I'm I'm wholeheartedly like you know, and that and that's the thing. Like, if you, it's and that's you know, comfort level when it comes to the vaccine, either getting it or not getting it, it's based off your level of comfortability. Comfortability. Yeah. Um, and within that, that trip is gonna be based off people's level of comfort. So I may, you know, I'm the type of person that I want to, if I go on a trip, I want everybody to be vaccinated mm-hmm. so we can like live, you know what I'm saying? I have to worry about anybody potentially getting sick, anybody picking something up. And even on top of that, like I would hate to have a situation where, you know, we, we hanging out and then we, something happens, somebody gets sick and die. And then we thinking like, man, like if we wouldn't have gone on, if we wouldn't have gone on this trip, maybe that person wouldn't have died. They you know what I'm saying? Died, like, I wouldn't right. want that situation to happen. So yeah, I, I plan the trip, let them know what's up ahead of time. Let them know like, if you, if you don't get the vaccine, that's your, that's your business. That's your, that's your prerogative. That's you. as Bobby yeah. Brown will say, but this is the stipulation of the trip. And, um, that's why, that's where I stand. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to add to that, bro. That's just kind of what it is. And then you, then I think this, I guess I'll add this one thing. You're the only one. It'd yeah. be different if it was like 50, 50. Right then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You you may be thinking about the trip a little different, but like you're literally the only one. And and yeah. and I would be careful enough to tell this friend, um, we're not saying this to force you to do something you don't want to do. No, not at all. But what we are saying that th- like you're not you're not welcomed if you don't do this. So you have the right to do that, but it comes with con- yeah. like all of our choices have consequences, and yep. that's just one of the consequences. And he probably gonna be pissed, like yeah, he gonna like, be mad because he wants to go, and he probably trying to figure out why he ain't heard about the you know the plane tickets and the new dates and blah 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 blah. But mm. I'm sure he also knows in the back of his mind too how y'all feel about it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I hope it all works out. I hope you're able to go on that trip. I hope you're able to do. Whatever it is that y'all want to do successfully, and hopefully, you know that brother does. And, and, and if you want to send him some like articles and videos, like we mm-hmm. talked about Tyler Perry earlier, 
he did a phenomenal interview with two doctors of color. One being mm-hmm. a um, um, I think the guy was like um, southeastern Asian American doctor, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, and then the other one was a black woman, and really talked through some of the stigmas associated with the vaccine, and mm-hmm. um, you know how it affects people of color, and what to expect, and debunking a lot of myths. Um, I have a few friends that I've been speaking to black nurses and black practitioners who've been kind of yep. keeping me updated. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely reach out to your network and kind of connect him to those people um, yep. or into that information. Cause I even, I even had my thoughts about Johnson and Johnson, but after I did additional research, I was like, Oh, yep, me too. You know, if it was available and that was all that was available to me, I think I would go, I wouldn't deny that. Right. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. for me, it's been a consistent growth journey. And again, and I get it. P- black people's resistance to, to medicine and science. Like I promise you, I promise mm-hmm. you, I understand it. Yep. But in mm-hmm. terms of this, I think we do ourselves a disservice by blindly, you know what I'm saying? Holding on to conspiracy theories and blindly um, doing things that's really not benefiting us. And if he decides to stand on that hill with Terry Crews, then that's right. his business. But right. he just needs to know he's going to miss this turn up. And I hope y'all right. going we, somewhere we, other than Tulum because, child, I'm sick of seeing them pictures. Please. It's exhausting. <laughs> if, if, if we survive the Middle Passage and slavery, we can survive the vaccine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you like, drink out of that water hose on the side of your grandma's house, you're going to survive this vaccine. Right. If you eat McDonald's, <laughs> you can survive the vaccine. If you eat at the Chinese restaurant on the corner, you're going to survive this vaccine. <laughs> if you eat at Waffle House... You can survive a vaccine. If your grandma ever gave you a grape from the middle of the grocery store without washing it off and rubbing it on her shirt <laughs> and ate it right there, you're going to survive this vaccine. If your mama washed greens in the sink with, with dishwashing detergent or whatever, you can you can survive this vaccine. <laughs> if you ever ate a piece of Spam, you're going to survive this vaccine. If, if you was on a government cheese and, and peanut butter and the, the bread and all that kind of stuff, you can survive this vaccine. Listen, if you if you had to drink water out of the sink in the bathroom in between recess, you're gonna survive this vaccine. If you grew up without no no hot water and and you had to use a stove as for heat, you can survive the vaccine. If you put a box fan in your window to cool off with no vent on the other side, you're gonna survive this vaccine. If you took a, a bath with your brothers and sisters. <laughs> And they poo-pooed in the water. <laughs> you can survive this, back, this vaccine. If you didn't ate anybody booty within the last three years, <laughs> you're going to survive this vaccine. Good night. I can't. <laughs> Think about that. People eating booty, but People they eat booty and want to get a vaccine. <laughs> and, I know, and I know how some of y'all are, do y'all hygiene. And you still eating that tail. You're going to survive this oh, vaccine. Back. If you didn't ever ate black funeral repast food, you're going to survive this vaccine. I can't. I can't. That salted mm. chicken and them green beans and rolls. It's it, it, the same meal. Same it's, meal. It's, uh, and it tastes the same. Cause what church you at, Uncle? Who died? It's the same mm-hmm. thing. And they use the ice cream scoop for the, for the taters. <laughs> If you eat green potatoes from ice cream or vanilla ice cream scoop, then they go rinse it off and just fix you some fix you the dessert with it afterwards. You're gonna survive this vaccine. You're gonna survive. <laughs> You're gonna survive. Like, but who, who are we? Who are we? Who are we? Who are we? I'm getting it. I don't care. I'm getting it too. Shoot me up. Shoot me up, Jesus.
Shoot me up, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, Nevadius, hopefully um, that helped. I don't know if it did. But tell your friend <laughs> that all the things that he's done, I'm sure, have been worse than him <laughs> getting his vaccine. So he, <laughs> he going to survive. <laughs> he probably was raw dog as a folks. He, it, Listen, if you have unprotected sex and you won't get this vaccine, like, come on. You're going to survive on. the vaccine. You, you'll survive. Listen, folk out here having threesomes and throuples. You're going to survive the vaccine. You're going to survive. <laughs> if you from New York or California, you're going to survive the vaccine. Because <laughs> y'all, y'all are liberal. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you're going to survive. Shoot. I can't. <laughs> you know I ain't lying. You from California, you couldn't even deny that one. <laughs> hey, we live our y'all lives. Live, y'all, y'all be out there living. We live. Listen, listen. You taking mm-hmm. edibles from the man off the street that you don't even know? You gonna survive this vaccine? <laughs> no comment. No, no, no. Well, let's go to a greater conversation. <laughs> we wrapping it up. We wrapping it up. Next, next, <laughs> next segment, please. <laughs> All right, we are here at a greater conversation where we get some things off of our chest. Joshua, do you have anything for this week uh, for a greater conversation? Um, not really, man. I, I mean, I'm, if I if I sat here and thought, I'm sure that I could, you know, could get some. But I've been thinking about this moment um, up until the podcast, um, and I don't really have anything. I guess if I can say anything, restore Monique. That's gonna be the hashtag. Oh. Restore Monique. Restore Monique. <laughs> That's a good That's one. That's all I got, bro. Restore Monique. Bring her back. I, yeah, she, she like back. we ain't boycotting Netflix and none of that stuff. And we you not. know, she said some egregious stuff about Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels and Oprah. But you know, restore Monique. That's I mean, you know, that's it. Yeah, I enjoy her work. And and yeah, what about you, bro? I really don't have anything either. Like um, the Stimmy's hitting. So Joe, Stimmy's hitting. So Joe, you know what I'm saying? I gotta you know make no threats to you. The people getting the checks. <laughs> Get these people that these families need this money. They need it. So uh, run these checks. We need. We want about two weeks. Within less than two weeks, uh, I'm not. I'm giving you to next Friday for them stimulus to hit. Um, but other than that, I got nothing. Uh, so I guess we could just wrap up at this point. Yeah. So I want to first thank our listeners. Thank you. Um. Make sure you check us out on social media. Yeah, we there. Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Jigsaw Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you check out our website, um, thejigsawpodcast.com. Um, make sure you go out there and buy your merchandise. It's Purchase beautiful. the merch. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I love it. I can't wait. It's, we got these T-shirts. I can't wait for his time for us to be wearing these. It's actually almost time now. Like, yeah, because it was point, 70 we something degrees. Brian, we're going to have to model these shirts for them. Because clearly. We need to. We need to set up a, a good a good fashion. Yes. We're going we, to do a, a Zoom show. <laughs> we need to. Um, yeah, so let's do that. Go out there, support, support, support. Um, anything else, Josh? Um, I don't think so. I don't All right, think well, so. Let the people know what they need to do. Yeah. Um, don't let life stress you out. Don't do it. Only thing you can do, listen, you tell these white people, I can tell only them. do what I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
while I can, the best ways that I can. But let me tell you, in the midst of all of that, what I won't do mm. is get caught with my work undone. Don't do it. That is a wrap. We love y'all. Love you. Have a good night, Yes, y'all. sir. Or good day. Whatever. <laughs> Enjoy. Cut that out. Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs> Be blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs>